good to be back, and uh, we thank the Lord for the opportunity to be here. I appreciate your pastor asking us to come, and uh, the end of the conference two years ago, he said, uh, hey, I have a speaker for next year. He said, but would you pray about the year after? And I said, what are the dates? And uh, he looked on his phone, and he told me, he said, well, we will start it on Valentine's. Happy Valentine's Day. Amen. Uh, hey, you know what? The Lord Jesus ought to be our Valentine, right? Amen. But uh, I looked at him and I said, well, I said, uh, I would be glad to, but uh, that is a very special day in the life of my wife and I, so I need to make sure that it is okay with her before I accept it. And uh, today is our anniversary, our 32nd anniversary. And uh, so, amen. Thank you very much. And uh, I want to say thank you to Pastor and the church. Uh, we got to the hotel this afternoon, and there was a bouquet of flowers for my wife for anniversary, because what guy wants flowers for their anniversary, right? And, uh, but thank you for the flowers for her. Thank you for the gift card for a nice restaurant for me. And... Uh, <laughs> But uh, what a joy it is to be here with you. And uh, now listen, if, if I stare at you after the service, just understand it is 7.30 to my body right now. Uh, Amber and I got in from Bangkok, Thailand, Saturday night, 7.30 a.m. Yes, she's making sure I clarify that. It's 7.30 in the morning, and that means we got all day to preach, right? <laughs> Amen. But uh, we got in Saturday night late, and a dear friend of ours from up in the Atlanta area picked us up at the uh, airport, took us to my parents, who still live in the Douglasville area. And so uh, I got my first good night's sleep last night, amen? And so that could either be dangerous for you tonight, or it could be the fact that my energy will wane here in a little bit, uh, yeah, and I will... <laughs> Yeah, you're ready for that, yes. Let it wane, Lord, let it wane, amen. I understand the cardinal rule of a guest speaker is he who speaks short and spirit-filled will get asked back later, amen. But it is missions conference and I wanna do diligence to the word of God and for why we're here tonight. If you would take your Bibles and open to 1 Kings chapter number 17. 1 Kings chapter number 17. Now I understand that some of the young people are taking notes and they've got their own little notebook and they're looking for key words to write down. Matter of fact, a couple of young ladies right back there, they were already pumping me for information before the service. They came up and they said, now what scripture are you preaching from tonight? Uh, so I gave them the scripture reference and they said, now what are the main things you're going to be talking about? <laughs> I looked at them and I said, how about y'all stay awake during the sermon and you'll get it, amen? But uh, uh, for the young people that are taking notes, we're going to be talking about faith promise missions, all right? Tonight I want to talk to you about the scripturalness of faith promise missions. You understand that uh, you got saved by the faith promise method. You had to step out by faith and trust the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, you've never seen Christ. All right, so that's a step of faith. 
to place your faith in someone you've never seen and you won't get to see unless you place your faith in him. How many of you have ever seen heaven? And I hate to break it to you, it's not Georgia. <laughs> Amen. All right. But you've got to place your faith in someone you've never seen to take you to some place you can't get to unless you place your faith in someone you've never seen. You do that, and here's the promise. You get to have a home in heaven for all eternity. You get to not burn in hell for all eternity. So you understand that there is faith promise all throughout scripture. We just don't stop and think of it as far as faith promise. All right? We think of faith promise only with missions giving. Faith promise, missions giving, is just one aspect of faith promise. I want to talk to you tonight on the subject of the scripturalness of faith promise. Now, two years ago, I gave you a big overview of faith promise. I walked you through several passages of scripture, 1 Corinthians 16, overview of 2 Corinthians 8, 2 Corinthians 9, 2 Corinthians 10. And uh, now I'm not gonna do that this time. Uh, maybe if I ever get asked back, we'll do the in-depth study in just chapter eight. How about that? But for, for this conference, I feel like the Lord would have me give you uh, a, a I say an overview, but several places throughout Scripture that we're going to find faith promise. And look with me, if you would, in verse number uh, verse number eight of First Kings, chapter number seventeen. The Bible says, "The word of the Lord came unto him, him being Elijah, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee." So he arose and went to Zarephath. When he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman that was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water and a vessel that I may drink. That's how you know Elijah was from the south. <laughs> fetch me. Verse number 11, as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. And she said, as the Lord, notice this, thy God. She didn't say my God. As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal and a barrel and a little oil and a cruise. And behold, I'm gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said unto her, fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first. And bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, notice this, and she and he and her house did eat many Days. I want to, again, I want to talk to you about that, the scripturalness of faith promise. Let's pray. Father, help me tonight to have clarity of thought as I bring this message. And Lord, I pray that you'd give me strength of voice. But Lord, I pray most of all that Holy Spirit, that you would be in our midst and that you would speak to our hearts through your word. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be attentive to your word tonight. 
And Lord, I pray that as the commitment cards were given out, I pray that everyone here tonight at Grace Baptist Church would begin praying, if they have not already, as to what you would have them to do. Lord, may we see faith promise in Scripture. May we understand the scriptural principle that it is. It is not just another fundraising program of a church. Lord, this is the the most important business meeting that this church will have this year. And so, Father, please help me to do honor to your word. And Lord, I pray for and ask you for your help. Use us tonight. In your precious name we ask. Amen. If you look back at the beginning of the chapter, you'll look and see that Elijah, if you know the story, and, and I say if you know the story, but I'm careful with that because of the places, many places we preach that uh, we always make the assumption that people know the story. I've learned through the years, you just can't make that assumption anymore. But um, Elijah comes to, to the nation of Israel and he announces judgment on Israel. And then God tells him to go into hiding. And verse number three, from verse number, uh, uh, from verse number three down through verse number six, the Bible tells us how God miraculously provided for Elijah through the, the means of ravens. Now, now listen, God is not bound by laws like we think of. You know, there's the law of sowing and reaping. There's the law of gravity. People can say, I've got all the faith in the world, climb up on the roof and say, I've got, just, I've got enough faith that I'm gonna jump off the roof and the angels are gonna bear me up and we're gonna be picking you up off the concrete because there's a law of gravity. God's not bound by the same laws that we are. You understand ravens would be like we would think of crows. Anybody been fed by crows lately? But see, God's not bound by, by the, the natural things, the, the animals and their fear of man and the dominion that we have over them. God's not bound by all of that. So he provided for Elijah miraculously by ravens. And, um, you know, I... The ravens would have known. They would have been scavengers like crows. They would have known where the food was. Kind of like buzzards. Yeah. They would have known where the food was. But I, I don't think it's a natural thing for a scavenger bird to want to share their meal with other birds, much less a human being. But God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Look with me if you would, verse number seven. In verse number seven, it says it came to pass. By the way, it always comes to pass. Whatever you're dealing with, this is nothing to do with faith promise, but whatever you're dealing with in life, it'll come to pass. You just stay faithful, keep doing what you know God wants you to do, and it'll come to pass. The Bible says it came to pass when? After a while. Just keep being faithful. After a while, it'll come to pass. Whatever it is God wills to happen, it'll come to pass. After a while, that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Again, I'm emphasizing that because I'm gonna point something out in a little bit. Elijah comes and he pronounces there's not gonna be rain upon the land and now the brook has dried up 
And now God is telling him in verse number eight, arise therefore, arise get thee to Zarephath which belongeth to Zidon. Now, now wait a minute, who's he, who's he hiding from? Ahab and who else? Jezebel, Jezebel. You, you know, I always think this verse is, is so ironic and so humorous. So why is that? You know where God's sending him? God's sending him to Jezebel's home area. She was the daughter of the king of the Zidonians. Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon. He's hiding from Ahab and Jezebel. So what's God do? I'm gonna hide you in plain sight. No, no, wait, we find that humorous and we're like, man, I never thought about that. But the truth is, is there are so many truths of the word of God that are just hiding in plain sight. And if we're not careful, listen to me, if we're not careful, because I grew up down south, we will allow some of our traditions and some of our suppositions to cause the truths of the word of God to hide in plain sight from us. All right, and so the Lord tells him, arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon. And remember, God had pronounced, Elijah had, uh, God had had Elijah pronounce that it wouldn't rain for three years. Now I want to, I want to walk you through this passage of scripture and I want you to look at some things from the text and I want you to tell me if faith promise applies. All right, I want you to look first of all and see for young people, if you're taking notes, Here's your first point. I want you to see the command that is given. In verse number nine, he says, this is God speaking, arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and do what? Dwell there. Uh, Dwell there. Notice what the Lord says. Behold, I have what? Commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. You know, there's the command. He said, I've commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Now, you gotta understand, Elijah's about 40. It's about 40. How old are you? 43. 43. All right, so could you imagine, could you imagine Elijah? Right here. But could you imagine, is there a widow lady in the church? Right here? Widow, could you imagine if your pastor came to this dear lady and said, ma'am, it's your job, take care of me. (laughs) Now listen, I pastored, I pastored for almost 12 years. I pastored some widow ladies and I pastored some of them that if I did that, they'd tell me what for. (laughs) As a matter of fact, they'd probably tell me, look, son, and they'd have the right to call me son. You're young enough and strong enough, you can go get a job, right? But, but, but wait a minute, God has commanded her to take care of him, right? That's the command. We may look at it and say, well, he should be taking care of her. The command that God gave was for her to take care of him, right? Are you with me? We see the command. Do you understand you and I have been given a command? To go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Listen to me tonight. If no other church in the state of Georgia is gonna be obedient to the commands of God, Grace Baptist Church of Columbus ought to be. Right? 
We understand there's a command given to every single one of us. It was not given to the apostles then died with the apostles. It is not an apostolic command. It is a command to every believer throughout all generations that every single one of us have a responsibility to all the nations of the flags that we see to get the gospel to every creature, right? We can say, I don't understand it. I don't like it. I just don't comprehend why a widow woman should take care of a 40-year-old. And I don't understand why I should be responsible to get the gospel to 8 billion people, but the command's still there. And Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. All right. So you understand there is a command given to every single one of us. It is a command to the church, and I'm looking at the church. The church is not a building, folks. Please, we've got to get that out of our minds. The church is not a building. The church is not an organization. It is an organism, a living organism. The church is Christ's bride. Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. If we're going to look at him and tell him, I love you on Valentine's Day, actions speak louder than words. Because love is an action verb. We see the command that is given and we understand the command that is given to every single one of us. And I want you to look with me down in verse number 10 because we understand she's been commanded to take care of him. And he's coming on the scene. You know what he's gonna do? Number two, he's gonna challenge the command. Look with me in verse number 10. In verse number nine I've commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Verse 10. So he arose and went to Zarephath. When he came to the gate of the city, behold the widow woman. The widow woman. How many widow women do you think was in Zarephath? Jesus said there were many widows in that day. The command was only given to one. The widow woman. Listen, I can't worry about what the Methodists aren't doing or what the Presbyterians aren't doing. All I'm worried about is what Grace Baptist Church is doing. And before we start looking at all the other believers out there, we got to realize we, the widow woman. All right, you with me tonight? Verse number 10, he says, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks and he, Elijah, called to her and said, fetch me, I pray thee a little water in a vessel that I may drink. There, there's his first challenge. Fetch me some water. No, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's a drought taking place, right? Do, do you understand? He is there because the brook Cherith is dried up. You, you, you gotta understand and realize water is about to be a precious commodity, she has no problem with the command of water. And the truth is, is there are commands that we find in Scripture you have no problem with. But there are some commands that you're just like, whoa, wait a minute. Like, like 
God wants me to go? Listen to me. If God's called you to go and you stay and say, I'll give, it's not going to work. My job and your pastor's job and the missionary's job is to challenge you in the commands that God has given to every single one of us and to challenge you, what is God commanding or calling you in your heart to do? Look at me, folks. If you don't remember my testimony, I didn't grow up going to Christian school and graduate and go to Bible college and then go in the ministry. I grew up and graduated from public school and went to secular college and then I went into the business world. God called me into the ministry. I was working for research and development at Caterpillar Incorporated in Peoria, Illinois. And they looked at me and they said, when I walked in and said, I want to put my retirement papers in. They said, you know what? Matter of fact, my boss had put me in for two promotions and I turned them down. He said, hey, I got you an interview set up. I said, cancel it. And he was like, what? I looked at him, I said, you're the best boss I've had in 12 years at Caterpillar. Why would I want to leave you? No, the honest truth was is I was making preparations to step out by faith and plant a church in the St. Louis area. When I came in, I said, hey, I need to put my retirement papers in. He said, what? He, uh, he got mad. He said a few choice things. And uh, Brother Gasway will know who I'm talking about. Brother Scott Baker in Belleville is his cousin. And I told him what I was going to do. He looked at me. He goes, do you know Scotty Baker? And I looked at him. I go, I don't think so. He goes, pastor's in Belleville, Illinois. I said, oh, you mean Pastor Baker? He said, yeah, Scotty. And I said, I don't know him by Scotty. He said, well, he's my cousin. He said, you're doing just like him. And I said, yes, sir, I am. And he goes, well, I understand that. Wait a minute. If I'd have stayed working at Caterpillar, you think I'd be happy? Uh-uh. By the way, I, I don't r remind myself of this or my wife. I'd be retiring in a year. My retirement's four new tires on that Toyota Venza. Amen, that's retire. <laughs> Glad y'all are with me tonight. Amen. But there's a challenge to the command and there's always gonna be challenges to the commands that God gives us. It is never gonna be a, and please don't take this wrong, but with faith, there's always that element of doubt and is like, Lord, are you going to come through? It was like when God called me to step out of Caterpillar. Everybody looked at me and said, you're going to starve. I'll just have you to know I'm two suit sizes larger than when I worked in corporate. <laughs> Say, why is that? Baptist cooking. Thing called potluck. Hallelujah. Right? But, but there was the challenge to it. And, and everybody looked at me and they said, you're nuts. I mean, I worked in research and development, the eternal black hole. There were no such thing as layoffs. Huh. And I stepped out by faith and took an 80% cut in pay. And they looked at me and they said, hey, 
Like David, I'm not seeing the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Wait a minute. I was commanded to step out by faith and go plant the church. And I was challenged in that. You're going to be challenged. And we need to be challenged. All right? The command, fetch me a little water. Notice verse number 11. She is no problem with the water. As she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. Now she's got a problem. I want you to see number three, the response to the command. The response to the command. Are y'all with me, young people? We see the command. Yeah. Yeah. We see the challenge to the command. Number three, the response to the command. See, she's got no problem with water. Evidently, it's somebody else's water she's going to fetch. You, You know what everybody likes to spend? Other people's money. She's got no problem with going to get him water. Evidently, it's somebody else's water. But wait a minute. When it comes down to what she has, she's got a problem with it. All right, look, look with me. Verse number 12. As she said, as the Lord, what? Thy God. Remember, she's a Zidonian. She's not a Jew. She's pointing out to him, thy God. As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal and a barrel and a little oil and a cruise. Behold, I'm gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. You know what she did? She said, I can go get you water because that's somebody else's. But I can't get you a cake because all I got is enough for me and mine. She got an excuse to the command. No, 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 wait a minute. Before we start pointing fingers at her, where's your excuse? Huh? Everybody's got an excuse in their hip pocket. You understand the commands to get the gospel to all nations, right? Do y'all understand Columbus, Georgia's part of all nations? Where are you at on Thursday night or Saturday? Huh? We said we saw the command. All nations. You, you understand, your church is more than willing to buy these. Can I tell you something? All you got to do is hand them out. What if somebody says no? And? And? They're not rejecting us. They're rejecting Christ. Right? We all have our response, and most of the time, our response is an excuse. Lord, I can't go to the mission field. Hey, I was was 46 years of age pastoring when God called us into missions. If they thought I had it good in corporate, I have a lot of pastor friends that looked at me and said, you're doing what? Doing what? Stepping out by faith. By the way, can I say this? It was a whole lot easier when I stepped out in corporate because I had a nest egg because I was paid well. Yeah, 12 years of the pastorate, you know? Hey, I was thankful that my church paid me weekly, W-E-A-K-L-Y. I'm teasing, I'm teasing. 
I'm teasing. I was very well taken care of as a pastor. But I stepped out by faith. You know why? That was the command given to me. Now, listen, don't sit here and think that I'm some super saint because every time the command was given to me, I had an excuse. Lord, Lord, when I worked at corporate, Lord, do you know how much money I'm giving to missions? You've, you've blessed me with a good job. I'm passing that along. You know, an excuse or a, a obedience in one area when you're asked to be obedient in another area, guess what that is? Disobedience. All right? The response, ma, can't do it. Can't do it. I got an excuse. Hey, when God called me to go plant that church, I said, Lord, I don't want to do it. And Lord put me, lay on my back to go out at camp, took the kids to camp. You know how those summer camp cots are, right? Yeah, they're just like sleeping on a, you know, Tempur-Pedic mattress, right? Last night at camp, the whole week, the preaching was directed at me. And I sat in the back and kept looking at the young people saying, y'all need to go. Knowing in my heart that God was dealing with me. The last night of camp, you know, it's all done. I'm walking up and down going, Lord, I can't do this. Are you, this is nuts. I, 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 don't, I've, I left and I've started this church and now you're wanting to move us. And Lord, I don't want to move. And God said, okay, go to sleep. Wake up the next morning. Did not sleep well on a camp cot. My back was out. I spent the next six weeks flat on my back having my wife trying to help me into a vehicle to take me to a chiropractor three times a week. And it's almost like the Lord said, do I have your attention now? Huh? Huh? By the way, do you understand when Jacob had his encounter with the Lord, the Bible says he halted upon his thigh even after that? Excuse has consequences. I still deal with a bad back right there where my right hip and spine come together. It's my halting upon the thigh for trying to put my excuse out there. What's your excuse? What's your response? It ought to be, Lord, whatever you want. Whatever you want. Most of the time, our response is like the widow ladies. I just don't have it. I just don't see how I can do it. You're right, we can't but I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. We see the response or the excuse, may I say number four, we see the faith and the promise to go with it. Are we, you with me young people? Number four, we see the faith and the promise to go with it. In verse number 13, Elijah said unto her, first two words, what are they? Fear not. Fear not. You know why most of the time we have an excuse is because of fear. A fear, a fear of the unknown. Hey, by the way, we're in good company. The Bible says Noah moved with fear. But the rest of the verse said to the saving of his house. Yeah. Hey, I would much rather look at God and say, Lord, I'm just humanly, and you know this, I've got some doubts, but Lord, I've got more faith and trust in you to step out 
in spite of my fears. Hey, hey, I told you we just got back from Bangkok. Somebody joked and said that was a long drive, wasn't it? <laughs> the honest truth is if I could drive to Bangkok, I would. I say, why is that? Because I don't like heights. <laughs> Guess what? Airplanes going halfway around the world don't fly at treetop level. And even if they did, treetop level would make me nervous. Huh? Looking at that thing that says you're flying at 40,000 feet. And I'm going, whew, are we on the Concorde? Going, Lord, have mercy. I'm just glad that the uh, bolts in the door held. (laughs) Y'all laugh about that, but you don't understand how many times I sit in a chair and I'm looking at that exit door and, and I've had them explain, do you understand the laws of thermodynamics? And I said, yes, I used to work in R&D. I understand all that. And they said, then you realize that door cannot come open. I said, it doesn't help my phobia any. Do you know what helps? Getting in the seat, buckling the seat belt, and reminding myself who my faith and trust is in. And if God wants me to get to Bangkok, I'll get to Bangkok. And if God wants me to get back, I'll get back. And if he doesn't want me, I'm going to heaven. By the way, my wife helped me with this. 40,000 feet is 20,000 feet above the oxygen level. So even if the door does open up, all I got to do is not put the oxygen mask on. I'm going to black out within five seconds. And I won't even know when I hit the ground. Yeah, I'll wake up in heaven. I'll be like the soldiers, you know. I'll wake up dead. That verse always gets me. 180,000 soldiers woke up dead. Yeah, but the faith and the promise to go with it. He says, fear not. Notice what he says. Go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake. What's the next word? First. First, and bring it unto me, and what's the next word? After, make for thee and for thy son. All right? You know what Elijah's saying? Didn't God command you to sustain me? Elijah, you understand, we just got enough for just my son and I. Didn't God command you to sustain me? then you obey God. You step out by faith and obey God, right? Because verse 13 is the faith. She's got to do what God commanded her to do first. And everybody's going, oh, I'll make a commitment, Lord. If, if you'll just come through and go ahead and give me that raise before I drop it in the plate on Sunday. No, it's faith first. And then the promise. Right? Look in verse number 14. He says, verse 13 is, here's the faith. You've got to step out by faith. Verse 14, he says, For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The bear of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. You go and do what God commanded you to do, And when you step out by faith, God will make sure you're taken care of. Hey, let me help you out tonight. The first 10% is God's, not yours. 
And you say, I want God to supply all of my need. Well, great. That's a faith promise promise. That is a promise to a church that is giving to the needs of the apostle Paul, helping him to get the gospel and a place called Thessalonica. He said, you sent once and again unto not the church's necessity, not the ministry necessity. Paul said, my necessity. And then he said, my God shall supply all of your need. Do you know the next word in that verse? According. According to. It doesn't say out of. It says according to. Listen to me. Are you saved tonight? Let me help you out. Then you're his child. You're his child. And it is according to his riches, not out of his riches. Sometimes we as children are afraid to ask our father because we think, well, he might not have it. We've grown up with the, as we, you know, stay with me. From a human standpoint, we as children sometimes don't ask our parents because we know where our parents are at. If I ask mom and dad, the answer is going to be no because they don't have it. Hey, our father has it all. The cattle on a thousand hills. He doesn't give me the whole cow. He just gives me one steak at a time. Yeah. I used to say, I used to talk about that and I'd say, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He just gives me my hamburgers one at a time. And I used to have a little old lady, brother, brother, Pastor Hahn, I'd have a little old lady that come up to me after the service. She'd say, Pastor, here's $20. I want you to take all those girls and go get hamburgers. And my wife said, would you please stop doing that, saying that? And I said, why? She goes, because we always feel obligated to go eat hamburgers when she's paying for hamburgers. I stood up and started saying, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, but he only gives me my steaks one at a time. (laughs) Did she come up and start giving you money for steaks? No, but God sent a butcher to the church. Yeah, and I started talking about taking care of the missionaries and all that, and you know what, he came to me, he says, you know, pastor, he said, I, I want to do something as part of my faith promise. He said, I, I'm making a commitment. He said, but I want to do something else, and I said, okay, what's that? And he said, would you be willing to grill for missionaries when they come in? I said, grill? He said, yeah, if I provide you steaks, and he used to do twice-baked potatoes, and he used to do sourdough rolls. He said, if if I provide you with the steaks and the potatoes and the rolls, he said, would you be willing to do the work to cook for them? He said, I'll make sure there's steaks for you and your family. I used to start having a missionary every month. (laughs) Yeah. And see, we love those stories and we love when God does that, but it starts with faith. The step of faith of doing what God commands you to do and then you get the promise. It's always faith first and then the promise. Listen to me. I've been around this for a long time and I've heard a whole lot of things wrapped and packaged and talked about as far as faith promise. You try God, you, and when God sends you airmail, then you give that for your mission. No, you step out by faith. Yeah. 
It's your step of faith first, and then God comes through. She had to step out by faith and obey the command that God gave to her to sustain him. And when she did so, God took care of her. Can I, can I pull all this together? Can I tell you, number five, lastly, number five, the blessings that come from the obedience. The blessings that come from the obedience. The blessings that come from the obedience. Look with me, if you would, in verse number 15. Verse number 15, it says, She went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And by the way, that was also according to the word of the Lord. And notice this, And she and he and her house did eat many days. You know, when we obey what the Lord would have us to do and what he commands us to do, it's not just the missionaries that get taken care of. It's our families that get taken care of as well. She and he and her house, that was her son, got taken care of. Wait a minute. The blessings that come from the obedience. Can I remind you of the very beginning of the chapter? God was taking care of Elijah by the brook Cherith with ravens, miraculously. It's not that God needed the widow woman. The widow woman needed God. She only had enough for one more meal. And it was she that needed God to come through for her. And God said, I've got an opportunity to provide for your needs and grow your faith at the same time. You step out by faith and obey the command that I gave you and you'll be taken care of. You know the commands. Go in all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Now you tell me, is faith promised right there? Yeah, and the blessing that came to her and her family because she was willing to step out by faith and obey the command that God gave to her. Now listen to me, I pastored for a lot of years and I told you I pastored some widow ladies and a widow lady come to me one time and she looked at me and she says, Pastor, she said, I get $800 from Social Security. And I looked at her and I said, ma'am, all I know is that God's word is true. She started giving $5 a month. $5 a month. You know, within about three months, her two kids suddenly felt like they should do more for mom. And her son bought her a house and took care of it. Now listen to me. Doesn't matter where you are or what you're going through. There's always the faith that's first. And then the promise. And when you step out by faith, God promises. And he won't lie. He won't leave us. He won't forsake us. And blessings will come 
Why? Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. Heavenly Father, I pray you'd help us tonight. Lord, to understand that you can and you will supply the needs that we have. Lord, may we understand that faith promise is not first meeting the needs of the missionary. Faith promise is us first stepping out by faith. And that step of faith will bring a sweet savor to you. And you'll be pleased by the fact that we're willing to live by faith and not by sight. Lord, whatsoever is not of faith, you said, is sin. Lord, I have no doubt that there are some here tonight that for a step of faith is going to be a very scary thing. Lord, for others, a step of faith as far as financially might seem like a large check written. Lord, every single one of us are commanded. We're commanded to get the gospel to the uttermost parts of the earth. The whole theme, Acts 1-8, to the uttermost. I pray you'd help us tonight to realize that faith promise is found in so many ways. But Lord, it starts with that first word, faith, faith. And may you, Lord, increase our faith this week. Have your will and way, we ask in Christ's name. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, would you stand with me, please? As the invitation hymn is, is being played, she plays that the Lord spoke in your heart. Altars are open. You come and do business with the Lord. <laughs>